how can I allow myself to actually feel empowered by the ways that I am investing and spending my money? How can I allow myself to really understand, you know, what I'm investing and spending into myself, into my business, into food, into clothes, whatever you're buying for yourself? How can I let myself really see it from the lens of this is what money is providing to me? I am receiving so lusciously from money. Welcome to the Soma Sense podcast. This is your host, Anna Kinkella. In this space, we do the work of reweaving our bodies and businesses into more nourishing, sustainable, easeful, and pleasurable paradigms of receiving through the power of nervous system business growth. We dive into how to heal the receiving wound in our life and business, how to grow in leadership and business in resonance with our nervous system, and how to honor the fullness of our humanity and the expansiveness of our divinity as we rise together. Welcome to the portal. Hello, beautiful beings, and welcome back. As you may or may not have noticed, the podcast has shifted names since the last time I released an episode in June. So instead of Magic Weaver Podcast, we are now the Soma Sense Podcast. And really this shift and change has been a result of a lot of internal changes and external changes that have been building inside of my business for the past year and a half, maybe even two years. And it was finally time to really allow everything in my business to reflect these changes. So you're going to see not only the podcast under a different name and rebranded, but you're also going to see a new website and some beautiful new offerings coming out. So I'm so, so excited for all of these shifts and changes and the incredible expansion that Anna Kinkella has gone through in such a short time. And as a result of the podcast relaunching, the new name, we are going to have four episodes coming out in October 2022. And we're also going to be giving out some incredible prizes. Um, And so the best way to be connected with some of the giveaways that we have available is to check out my Instagram stories at I am Anna Kinkella. And we're going to be giving away like thousands of dollars of high value prizes. And really, if you tune into a podcast episode, you're loving what we're putting out there. I'd love to invite you to leave us a review on iTunes and that will enter you into our giveaway. So thank you so much for being here. And hello to any new folks who are joining us. I am so excited to relaunch this podcast and provide you with more incredible content. And now, without further ado, let's dive into this week's podcast episode. Enjoy. Hello, beautiful beings of light, and welcome back to the Magic Weaver podcast. This is your host, Anna Kinkela. 
And in today's episode, we are going to be talking about how to hold more money. We're going to be talking about it through the lens of the nervous system. So looking at, you know, why is this pattern happening? Why are you not able to hold on to money? And how can you break that pattern? And we're also going to be talking about some structural strategic components that you might want to look at as it relates to holding more money inside of your business. I've been waiting to record a podcast episode on this for some time because it's actually one of the most common reasons why women come to work with me, whether it's inside of you know my group program Nectar or inside of my one-on-one space. Women typically come to me and say something along the lines of, hey, I'm not having a ton of trouble receiving money, making money in my business, but you know, I'm noticing this pattern that no matter how much money I make, it never feels like enough because I literally don't know where the money is going. It feels like it's slipping through my fingers. It just feels like a question mark. I don't understand why, even though my revenue is going up, why my, my money is not maintaining itself and sustaining itself in my bank account. And so this is actually really super common for high earners is, you know, they don't have trouble making or receiving money at this stage of their money journey, but they are experiencing a lot of difficulty with maintaining and holding that money, which then reinforces nervous system dysregulation with money in general and kind of kicks them into that fight or flight response with money, no matter how much money they're receiving. And on the back end, what then tends to happen is that this often leads people into a place of burnout because the more money you feel like you have to make from that dysregulated nervous system state from a place of fight or flight, right? The more you feel like you have to do that, the more you're pushing yourself past some of your limits, right? And really creating from the space of like, I need the space of lack, which isn't actually supporting you to scale your business in the most sustainable way. So it really tends to impact then how the business is built, how you take action as an entrepreneur. And it often leads to people actually stepping outside of their window of tolerance, which can lead to burnout over a prolonged period of time. So this is such an important topic to talk about and the reasons why it happens and how you can support your nervous system to get to a place of, you know, safe enoughness with money and regulation with money that will support you to hold on to more money. Obviously, we're here to, you know, reach your goals for however much you want to receive, whether it's six figures or, you know, millions per year, whatever you are desiring for yourself. And we're also here to support you to build wealth right? For you to hold money in a way that it can really create a long-term impact, not just only in your individual life, but also in the life of your family, your community, and the collective at large. And so, you know, one of the things that I want to anchor in about this conversation is that, you know, I'm not here to tell you to budget or to pinch your pennies or anything like that. I actually have a very different approach with money. I never budget. The way that I spend money is completely from the space of my desire. And, you know, we're not going to be talking about budgets or anything like that. So this is a very different kind of conversation. There's definitely smart ways that you can manage your money 
that has to do with investments. That's not what we're talking about today, and I'm not an expert in that, but that is something you know that I would encourage everyone to get educated on so that you can really empower yourself to you know, build more and more wealth through strategic investments. Peace that, you know, I just want to preface this conversation with, and that's really important for why this is playing out in your nervous system, is that up until very recently, like the last decade, if not less, women have not historically been able to access the capacity to build wealth. So this isn't just about, you know, women historically haven't held wealth. It's also about the fact that they were actually denied access to building wealth, right? Historically, you know, women couldn't inherit from their fathers or from their husbands, right? It went to male heirs and not female heirs. There was no such thing as a female heir, right? And so it's really important to understand that historical perspective because, you know, the lineage of women who have come before you, that lineage, right, the things that they experienced, the lack of availability of them to steward their money, to really accumulate wealth impacts your own nervous system, right? That's still written in the body. And so... I really want to frame the conversation around that, that we are stepping into a new era of women building wealth and feeling safe to hold more money, feeling safe to hold wealth. And so this is why this work is so important, is that we're shifting something inside of the collective in and of itself of what women have had access to. And in order to do that, we actually are looking at, you know, healing some patterns inside of our lineages, inside of our ancestral histories that have really communicated to women time and time again that they are not trustworthy to hold money, right? And you might have also received some messages while you were growing up that that was true, right? There's certainly messages like that that really talk about, gosh, women are so irresponsible with money. They can't be trusted with money. And that's definitely something that I see showing up quite a bit for women when we do nervous system healing and expansion work is that that belief, I'm irresponsible with money. I won't know how to handle a lot of money. Those are some of the most common things that I hear in sessions. And they might come back to personal experiences that you yourself have had, but they also do root back to, you know, the lineages of women that we've all come from that have not been trusted with holding money, that have not been trusted with inheritances and with wealth. And so we are literally rewriting that in your own nervous system to create a different pathway forward where it actually feels safe for your body to hold, you know, whatever amount of money that you desire, whatever amount of wealth that you desire to build for yourself. And so this conversation is really about that. And so that really brings me, you know, to chatting about the core of the work that we're engaging with when we talk about holding more money. When, you know, someone is experiencing this pattern of no matter how much money I make in my business, it seems to disappear. Really what's happening on a nervous system level 
is that there's some type of lack of safety that's operating inside of your nervous system that is essentially saying like, I don't feel safe to hold this amount of money. Now, you know, there's definitely action steps, decisions, like refinements that you need to make in your external actions in the external world in your business and how you're managing money, all of those things that will contribute to you holding more money. But the root level of, you know, why you're not stepping into some of those decisions or why those choices aren't even being revealed to you right now is the result of a nervous system that unconsciously doesn't feel safe to hold, you know, more and more amounts of money. And so it's very unconscious, right? Even if you consciously desire millions of dollars, right? You've been working towards it consistently. If your body is communicating, hey, like holding this amount of money freaks me out, there's ways that you will unconsciously take or not take action steps that support the opposite of you holding money, right? Because your nervous system literally directs your thoughts, your emotions, your actions, your breathing, all of it, right? And so getting at the root of what's true for you, what's happening inside of your own nervous system that's causing this lack of safety with holding more money is going to be individual to you, right? It's it's about coming into a relationship with your nervous system, with how your body is reacting, and then supporting your nervous system to regulate with money, to establish a secure attachment with money. And so we're essentially reweaving your nervous system into saying like, oh yeah, I do feel safe with more and more money. It feels good for me to hold more and more money. And that you feel that all the way down to your bones, right? That it's not just something you consciously want to access, but it's something that you feel deep down inside of yourself, right? That your body feels, that your body is opening up to. So the way that we do that, and the way that I do that with my clients in general, is we are supporting you, your nervous system to be in relationship with money. And we're getting really curious about how your own body reacts when you come into connection with the thought of money, when you come into connection with the energy of money. And so what I will say is that one of the things that I notice is that sometimes even if money feels really good in the body, the difference between like money just feeling safe and good and then holding a lot of money in your bank account or your investment account is just like the frequency of the amount that you're holding, right? There's a difference between like, oh, I feel great with money. Like, you know, I receive money really easily. Like I know how to make it, you know, all of that feels good. But when, you know, I help clients focus in on like, okay, if you were to have a million dollars deposited into your bank account today and you saw a million dollars in your bank account, what do you notice happening in your body? And what tends to happen is there's some level of dysregulation that then shows up. There's like some constriction that shows up, right? There are things that pop up in the body unconsciously that happen. And those pieces that show up in the body, whatever they are, that can go back to ancestral lineage, that can go back to personal experiences and imprints that you're holding inside of the nervous system, 
those things are actually impacting your capacity to hold that money. So maybe from a cognitive perspective, you're like, if someone deposited a million dollars in my bank account, I would be psyched, right? That would excite me. I would go out and celebrate, right? And you actually see this with lottery winners. There's news stories written about it where, you know, lottery winners, they win a huge amount of money that just gets deposited in their bank account. But their nervous system actually gets so flooded because they've never held that amount of money and there's some kind of lack of safety and then they end up spending all of that money, right? Because they don't feel a sense of regulation, right? It's too much all at once. And, you know, as a collective, we actually have a ton of dysregulation with money as a whole. So it's a pattern that you see with lottery winners. It's a pattern that I see with high achieving women, right? And so we're really looking at, you know, how do we allow your nervous system to come into safety with holding a lot of money so that it doesn't blow out your system, right? And, you know, when you're scaling your business, you can actually calibrate and titrate to a higher and higher amount of money. But again, one thing is making money and another thing is actually holding money. And those can be two different reactions inside of your nervous system. So what I would actually in encourage you to do is to envision an amount of money that you really desire to hold within your within your bank account, within your investment accounts. Imagine an amount of money that you're working towards that you would love to have access to, right? You open up your bank account and you have six figures, multiple six figures in there or whatever it is. And I want you to envision yourself actually having that in the bank account and holding it in your body, holding that amount of money in your body and then noticing what shows up in your body itself, right? How does your body react? Are there any constrictions? Is there any anxiety that shows up? What's present there? And those are the things that you get to get curious about, right? And I'm going to talk about some of the things that commonly show up for folks here. So you can maybe even tune into, does this feel resonant for you? But more than anything, like as you're working through those kinks in your nervous system, it's about really introducing a sense of play and pleasure into your body as you play with holding that amount of money in your body. So if you hold, you know, a million dollars in your bank account in your body, can you allow yourself to invite pleasure and play into that? Can you access some level of pleasure and play? Is there a part of you that feels really excited about holding that, that feels safe about holding that? And can you feel the sensation of, safety in the body as it relates to that amount and then let yourself hang out there hang out with safety hang out with play and pleasure in the body and really couple it with that amount of money right and this is what i do quite often whether we're targeting a certain income amount in your business or whether we're targeting actually holding more money is we're letting that amount of money hang out in your body and start to feel easeful, start to feel peaceful, start to feel good. And you get to play around with that, right? And so the more that you can play with that, let yourself hold that amount, get your body comfortable, right? Because when the nervous system is unfamiliar with something and interprets it as unsafe. And so if your body can get 
really habituated to it, feel pleasure and play with it. That is going to shift your nervous system response. The other piece that's going to be really important for this work is to establish, you know, secure attachment with money, right? So there's a couple of different kinds of attachment. And without going too much into, into the details, right, we tend to kind of oscillate between anxious attachment and avoidant attachment with money, where we're either super anxious and we're chasing money and we're feeling unsafe, like we don't know when it's going to come in, is it going to disappear? Or, you know, avoidant attachment where we're kind of ignoring money and not even looking at money. And so this can really play into how you are holding money, because what I often find to be true is that, you know, when you don't know how the money is just disappearing, there's actually a lot of avoidance that's probably showing up in your money relationship. And so you're not spending time looking at your money. And it's really important for you to look at your money. It's really important for you to look at your expenses, what's coming out. It's really important for you to look at what's coming in. And a lot of folks avoid this work, especially with what's going out, because they get a stress response in their nervous system with the things that they're paying out for, right? And one of the important places that you're going to want to focus on is how can I allow myself to actually feel empowered by the ways that I am investing and spending my money? How can I allow myself to really understand you know, what I'm investing and spending into myself, into my business, into food, into clothes, what, whatever you're buying for yourself. How can I let myself really see it from the lens of this is what money is providing to me. I am receiving so lusciously from money, right? And let your nervous system kind of hug that way of understanding your money spending habits, regardless of what they are, right? that will start to shift some of the patterning that you're experiencing in your own nervous system with money because you'll stop avoiding. You'll start looking at where's the money going? What's happening? Like, how can I shift my nervous system response around the places where money is going out and actually come into a place of regulation with it? And that can start to then repair the attachment that you have with money getting you closer and closer into being securely attached, right? Which means that I feel safe enough with money. I feel like money is there for me, like it's holding me, like it's not going to leave me. I don't have to chase it. There's just a sense of more peace and calm with the connection that you have with money, right? And on the other side with anxiety, which is like we fear losing money, we fear that, you know, money's not going to meet us, that our businesses are going to collapse, right? That the bottom is going to drop out. So it's kind of like that sensation of I have to like keep chasing money, doing the thing, driving, driving action in my business for fear of money's just going to disappear, right? So you can see all of the different ways that dysregulation with money on any level is going to impact not only how much money you're holding, but also, you know, how you're running your business, how you feel in your business, right? All of it. It's such an important part of this work, regardless of how good you might feel with money right now. But in any case, like really looking at some of these pieces of how am I relating to money right now? How am I in relationship with money? What are my predominant patterns? Are they anxious? Are they avoidant? Where am I not looking at my money, right? Where am I feeling crappy about money? Those things and you really being intentional about coming deeper into relationship with money will start to shift 
you into more secure attachment with money. And this does have a really profound impact on your capacity to hold more. Because the more secure you feel in your relationship, the more regulated you feel in your relationship with money, the more you're actually going to be able to hold it, right? The less it's going to be slipping through your fingers in unconscious ways, in ways that you don't even know it's going out, the more intentional decisions you can make, right? It creates a huge impact on how much money is in your bank account. So those are, you know, some of the beginning pieces that I would really invite you into to shift that nervous system response. The other piece that's really important to talk about is the identity work that is involved with building wealth, with holding more money. This is a huge one for women, not only because of, you know, the historical background with money and women, right? Being denied access to wealth money, all of it. But it's also really reflective of the really complex, complex stories we have about money in the society. And there's a lot of complexity to it, right? There's a lot of messages around like money is bad because money causes all these bad things to happen in the world, which isn't true. People do. But we blame money a lot. Like our society tends to blame money tends to otherize like rich and wealthy people like oh that wealthy person is different than me i i can't ever be wealthy because they're so different from me right we make ourselves the odd ones out like that's not something that we can actually have because i don't look like this person i don't act like this person i don't come from this background right and we actually tie in our identities to not having wealth, right? To poverty, to whatever, you know, we're really used to associating ourselves with because it gets at our belonging, right? And this is such a core part of the nervous system is that we want to belong. We want to feel like we belong. And if we've been used to associating ourselves with belonging, you know, with a certain group of people who look a certain way, who talk a certain way, who make a certain level of money, right? Then we are going to tend to want to stay inside of that in order to belong. And that's just a nervous system, like survival response. And so we do tend to otherize like quote unquote, rich people, wealthy people. We tend to make money bad. We tend to have a lot of like societal tropes about, you know, people who make a lot of money are bad in some way. And even if you consciously understand that that's not ultimate truth, there's still things that are playing out unconsciously inside of your nervous system that very much reflect the fact that, oh my gosh, if I hold all of this money, if I hold all of this wealth, then that means I'm a bad person and I'm actually not going to belong anymore. And so that is such a huge nervous system contractor in and of itself because you want to belong, right? And so it's really allowing yourself to break down some of those identity barriers and start to write yourself into the identity of what it means for you to hold wealth. And this is a really important part of the work. We tend to categorize wealth in certain ways. And, you know, if you think about a wealthy person, I want you to think about like who comes up in your mind. What do you perceive wealth is? 
you know, for a lot of women, they might see a white man, right? It's not very relatable. They might see a white man. And then that definitely is like, well, I don't belong there. I'm not a white man. Like that's very different from my experience of the world. For other folks, you might see, you know, expressions of wealth like luxury bags or, you know, five-star resorts or flashy cars. And, you know, even though like that's a very valid way to express wealth, there's nothing wrong with it. It isn't necessarily for everyone, right? Not everyone wants to purchase luxury bags or stay in five-star resorts. In fact, a lot of people, you know, love to shop at the Salvation Army, regardless of how much money they're making. A lot of people love to camp, you know, outside in the woods, regardless of whether they can afford a five-star resort or not, right? A lot of people don't care about having a flashy car. They just want a car that works and they don't really care about, you know, that at all. And that's great, right? You don't have to express your wealth in any certain way in order for you to be wealthy. But again, our nervous system does this thing where because we want to belong, we associate ourselves with a certain group. We see the ways that we don't belong in that category because of the ways that we have received messages about what it means to be wealthy. So it's really important for you to actually create your own wealth identity if that's what you're desiring to step into, right? What does it look like for me to be wealthy? And, you know, (laughs) we have a lot of messages about money in terms of like money changes you, but I actually don't find that money changes you. I think money actually just accentuates and amplifies who you truly are in your essence. So the things that you like now, you're going to be able to afford more of. You're just going to be more expressed in that direction. So if you're someone who prefers camping right now, you're probably just going to be taking a ton more camping trips. And maybe you're going to be buying all the fancy camping gear, but it doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to stop camping, right? You're not going to change what you love. Yeah. And so that's what can be so powerful about wealth and money is that it actually allows you to be more expressed in the world. And this is where we get to you recognizing what are my deepest desires? Like, what are the desires that I have that I have maybe even hidden for myself or denied myself because I didn't think that I could ever have it or give it to myself, right? And that, you know, those deepest desires that you have are the ways that wealth is going to be expressed through you, right? And for you to be able to really anchor into what is my unique way of expressing wealth? Yeah, what does that look like for me? Who am I being? And this has been a huge thing for me as I've been scaling to seven figures this year is, you know, I tend to do the thing where I look at other entrepreneurs who are making seven, eight figures, whatever they are making in their business, and they look a certain way. Like, I perceive them to be more polished or more put together or, you know, like, gosh, I'm not that fancy. So all of those thoughts come into my head. And so then what my nervous system does is like, oh, well, that means I don't belong there, right? That means, like, this isn't really something that I can feel safe in, that I can establish for myself. 
And of course, like consciously, I'm doing all the actions, I'm, I'm doing all the things to really scale my business to seven figures. But there are parts in my nervous system that show up and constrict in those moments where I start to enter into comparison and making myself an other. Instead of claiming who I am, how I express my wealth, and making that safe and okay, because it is right? Our expressions are of wealth are meant to be different. We're not all meant to be posing out there with, you know, luxury purses and luxury vacations, unless that's really your jam. Like if that's a true expression of your essence, amazing, go for it. You're meant to be expressing it in the way that feels true for you because you are a unique individual, right? And so let yourself really settle into what is my unique wealth identity? How am I expressing that into the world? What are my deepest desires? How is money amplifying my desires when I have more money, when I have more choices, right? When I have more options and write that out, really let yourself, you know, write it out, kind of form the the general outline of it and then visualize yourself there. Visualize yourself making a million dollars or whatever you desire to make and having the exact kind of life that you want with the exact kind of desires that you want to fulfill and let that normalize in your nervous system. So one of the ways that I do this with my clients is I actually support them to tap into the archetype of their wealthiest version of self. And this isn't just related to money, right? It's definitely related to money. It's about, you know, millions of dollars or six figures or whatever your goal is, but it's also related to how am I living my life? How am I inside of my life? How am I feeling every day? What is my definition of wealth from that perspective, right? We go deeper and allowing your nervous system to actually experience the sensation of that. This is what it means for me to have a million dollars or millions of dollars, right? This is what it gets to look like. This is how I get to be expressed, And letting that actually land inside of your body, right? Letting your nervous system become familiar with it and reminding yourself that, you know, you get to be you and make as much money as you want. You're no different from any millionaire out there. And you have just as much capacity to create the wealth that you want in the way that you desire it and in the way that you want to express it. And so that kind of identity work is so important. And I see it showing up so much around like, what does it mean for me to hold more money in my bank account? What does it mean for me to actually accrue wealth? Is that I'm going to become one of those like bad wealthy people, or I'm going to have to, you know, essentially be someone else in order to be that person. There's a lot of identity pieces that show up there and just working through some of that in your body and envisioning, you know, How do I get to be fully expressed in my holding of money? Who do I get to be? How does that feel? How does my wealth feel inside of my life? Those are all really important pieces. And then the other piece that I think is really important to talk about is actually deepening and refining desire. Now, I want to share with you how money was slipping from me because I actually, you know, like I shared at the beginning of the podcast, I'm not a budgeter. 
I don't, you know, have like this system for how to hold money. This, everything that I'm sharing with you and everything that I've been able to achieve in my own capacity to hold more and more money has been through the lens of the nervous system and me regulating with money. And so I haven't put a lot of conscious thought into like, oh, I should really put this aside or I should really create a budget. That hasn't been part of my own process in and of itself. And yet what I've experienced is that no matter how many expenses I have, I am still actually sustaining and also increasing the amount of money that I'm holding in my bank account. Right. And that was never true before, before I started doing the regulation work with money. It's something that happened through the work and that is deepening, right? My capacity to hold more in my bank account is deepening the more and more I regulate with money. And one of the things that I really noticed inside of my own patterning is that one of the ways that dysregulation with money was showing up for me was in my spending habits. Now, I said at the beginning of the podcast, this isn't about you minimizing your desires. In fact, it's about you claiming your desires even more. But there's a difference between claiming your desires fully and letting yourself access the fullness of your desires and spending money on that. And then the difference of I'm just spending money in order to make myself feel better or spending money in order to regulate myself, essentially, right? And I also don't want to villainize that. Like, I think that that coping mechanism has its space, just like binging Netflix has a space in helping you to work through your freeze response. So again, this isn't like, this is bad and this is good. This is just about understanding that the more that you work with money and actually step into a relationship with money and deepen in that in your nervous system, so not just in your mind, but in your nervous system, that you will notice your spending shifting. So how you're actually letting money flow out of your bank account. Now, this doesn't inherently mean that you're going to spend less money, because actually what I find to be true is that I spend more money but I spend it more intentionally in resonance with my desires. So again, this isn't about necessarily saving money. This is about really letting the potency of your deepest desires amplify the amount of money that you receive and then also hold. And so I've seen this happen for me. I actually spend a ton more money than I ever used to spend, and yet I'm still holding more money. But I am more intentional and empowered about my money choices. So what I used to do in the past is because of my anxiety response with money, because of the sense that I felt like, well, money's always slipping through my fingers. I never have enough money. I'm actually, as soon as I get money, I'm just going to spend as much of it as I can in order to feel that safety of connection, Right. So the action was actually driven from my need to establish safety with money through purchases versus my actual genuine desire to give myself something. And it's a subtle but important difference. And again, it's not like one is bad and the other is good. It's just that the more that you do regulation work, the more that you really anchor into a genuine place of like, I am safe with money in your nervous system and 
obviously that's going to fluctuate too. You're not always in perfect regulation with money like we're human beings. But the more that you shift that relationship in general, the more you're actually going to see how much your desires refine themselves. And there's also something to say about the fact that, you know, one of my patterns was like, oh, well, I can't let myself have this like $500 dress that I really, really want, that I really, really desire. But I can buy like five of these $95 dresses that I don't feel as excited about. And there's ways that we actually deny ourselves what we really want because we feel scarcity with money, right? There's also ways that we spend money or use money that's more about us reinforcing our belonging into wealth rather than actually expressing the depth of our own desire, right? So I also see people sometimes like really using, you know, like a lot of luxury purchases or or things like that as like a way to signal that I belong here when in actuality they might not be feeling it internally. They might not be feeling that belonging internally. And so again, like spend money on whatever you want if it's genuine for you, right? If it's your desire, but make sure that it's actually going at the root of your desire, at the root of what feels true for you. And that will help you into a whole other level of spending with money. And it's not about the amount that you're spending, but it's about the level that you're receiving from with money, right? Because when I receive something in the mail that I have bought for myself, no matter how much it costs, that I've really wanted, that came from the depth of my desire, that didn't come from me denying my desire, that didn't come from me trying to be someone else in order to fit in. It's just something that I really want for myself and I let myself spend the money. I let myself have it and I receive it. It's an actual pleasure response in my body, right? There's a level of depth and connection that I have with that material belonging. And, you know, we're material beings. We're, we live in the human realm. We live in the material realm. And so our connection to material things, whether it's the things that we buy or, you know, nature, or, you know, things around us, it's about how deeply are we connecting with it? And so when I buy at the frequency of my deepest desire, that's reflective of me, it does something inside of my nervous system, right? It activates a pleasure response. It activates me expressing myself at a whole different frequency of being. And that anchors itself and lands in your nervous system in a completely different way. And that is a money amplifier, that amplifies your essence, which amplifies the money that you receive. And so really removing shame from our desire, deepening in what we actually desire and who we are in this world is some of the most important work that you can do to hold more money. And I've seen that transform so naturally through just being in relationship with money. And it's a simple thing, but it does require a lot of intentional, a lot of intentional journeying, right? And being with your body and tapping into your body, which is something that doesn't feel safe for all of us, which is just a journey that we deepen in all the time. 
And so all of these things combined from a nervous system perspective will then start to shift how you hold money and the amount of money that you feel safe to hold inside of your bank account. It has a ripple effect, right? Every nervous system shift has a ripple effect. Every attunement has a ripple effect. And you'll see it transforming really quickly. Ever since I started doing this work, it took me about... Well, gosh, I would say like six months, I would say, to start really holding more and more money and amplifying the amount that I have in my bank account. So with the nervous system, it's consistent practice. It's coming into relationship again and again, right? And, you know, from a really, one of the, one of the things that I do want to mention is from a structural strategic perspective in your business. One of the reasons I actually see women having a hard time holding money, even though they're receiving a ton of money into their business, is that they don't have like a regulated baseline of income that's stable in their business. In other words, you know, the way that I look at my business is I have this like stable income baseline that repeats itself every month because I have long-term clients, I have payment plans going, right? And it establishes, you know, multiple five figures of revenue in my business without me taking any additional action. It's a really important piece of holding money because what tends to happen is if you are recreating your income every single month, you're essentially putting a ton of pressure on your nervous system that goes like from zero, that has to go from zero to you know, whatever amount you need to make in order to survive and thrive. And if your nervous system is in that kind of cycle of like, okay, we start the month, we're at zero, and now we have to like really push and perform to get to, you know, 100K month without any like stable baseline. Usually if you're at 100K months, you do have a stable baseline, but, you know, I see people at like 30, 40, 50 60k months who are actually recreating their income almost from scratch every single month. And so that's where we get into the space of, you know, you're essentially kind of putting your nervous system into a flight or flight response at the beginning of every month and driving action from that space in order to be able to pay your bills and to to thrive at a certain level, right? And so when your nervous system is kind of in that repetitive way of interacting and being in relationship with money each month, it doesn't actually encourage you to know what it feels like to hold money. So that's been a huge component in my business is that I've built a stable baseline in my business that's allowed my nervous system to settle into a base level of safety of like, I can thrive at this amount, meaning... I can pay my bills and also honor my desires, like eat out, like live life the way that I want to live. And then I get to play from there, right? My nervous system gets to play from there and access higher and higher amounts. So then your nervous system has a place to titrate from versus starting at zero every month, right? Where you're not holding the money 
and then you're asking your nervous system to essentially like hold more and more, but you're zeroing out every month. So structurally and strategically in your business, the more you can increase that stabilized baseline of money, right? And establish just a bare minimum. And when I say bare minimum, I don't mean what you need to survive. What I mean is like a non-negotiable minimum in your business that your nervous system is feeling safe with, that you then gradually increase more and more as you hold more and more, right? So my baseline has increased in my business since last year. My baseline last year was maybe, I don't know, $10,000. And now my baseline is like $50,000, right? And so in my nervous system, I'm building my capacity to hold a higher and higher baseline. And then the rest is actually where your nervous system can then access quantum flow, can access quantum leaps. Because if your nervous system is in survival and like fight or flight response, it has a lot less capacity to anchor into that quantum leap, right? Because the human in you is like, hey, we got to get our basic needs met here, right? And so you want to have that capacity in your nervous system to hold a stable baseline. And then the rest of it gets to build so much more easily. You get to access the magic of the quantum so much more easily. It's not impossible to regulate in those situations. I've seen clients do it through the work, like really get to a place of regulation, even, you know, when they feel like they're recreating the wheel. But in terms of holding money in particular, that is going to be such a huge component of shifting that patterning as well. So those are just some things to think about as you create your product suite, as you tune in. And again, I've also seen this really naturally shifting actions in business and decisions in business just from the mere fact of we're regulating with money, we're regulating with holding more. We're allowing ourselves to really step in and claim our wealth identity and doing all those things on a regular basis will shift also the product suite that you create. Because when you create from a regulated nervous system, you create in resonance with right that safe attachment with money. And so it makes such a huge difference even for your creations, even for the ideas that come through you, which is why the nervous system is such a huge component of what's important to integrate into your business, into, you know, your strategy as you scale. So I hope that that was helpful in illuminating some pieces for you. And I would really invite you to look at, you know, one or two actionable steps that you can take from this podcast, ways that you can support your nervous system to regulate with money in order, you know, to support your nervous system to feel safe with holding more and more. And I also highly encourage you look into investing and really getting into a place where you feel empowered around your finances and with how you can see wealth increasing in other ways. So that's what I had for you today. I hope that you received some goodness here. And if you are loving what you're hearing, I would love to invite you to leave us a review on iTunes. It supports for more and more people to find this podcast. 
the other pieces I wanted to bring up is we are going to start early bird enrollment for Nectar, my group program on expanding your receiving paradigm with money. And that's definitely a group program where you can work on some of these pieces that we've been talking about. It doesn't start until January 2023, but I'm already having folks reaching out. And so it's a good time to hop onto the waitlist to be the first to know when you can claim your early bird spot, because we are going to have a limited amount of early bird spots this enrollment. So you can check out the link below. The other piece that you might be interested in is we are currently enrolling for my certification program. And in this certification program, I'm going to be teaching you everything I know. So you're going to be learning about the nervous system and how you work with your clients. And you're also going to be receiving your own healing work during the certification program. It's a year long, a really robust program. And it was specifically created for experienced coaches, healers, and mentors. So it means you already have some kind of coaching certification. You've already been doing the work for a few years or even a year. And you're really looking to deepen your skill set and your own healing. So it will actually give you an opportunity to understand a lot of what I'm talking about with so much more depth and will allow you to facilitate spaces of depth that are trauma informed. And that can also really support you to work with your clients at a whole different level because the nervous system is such a key part of people making the progress that they want to see. Right. And so it's a fabulous program. We have 11 folks thus far as of this moment, and we have about nine more spots left and we're starting in September. So if that's resonating for you, I'd love for you to fill out an application. You can find it linked below and there's an opportunity to chat with me individually about the certification once you apply. So thank you all for being here and I will see you all next time. If this podcast episode resonated for you, you felt seen by this podcast episode, then you are going to love my signature program, Nectar. It's a five-month healing and expansion experience in your nervous system where we focus on calibrating you and your body to receiving and holding not only the amount of money that you desire, but also really the way that you desire to receive that money from this internal space of ease, peace, and pleasure. This program is just one of the most transformative programs I've ever created. And, you know, past and current Nectar clients simply rave about the program. So if it's pulling you in, if you're hearing the name, you're feeling tingles, you're feeling expansion in your body, I want to invite you to explore it by clicking the link below. That'll take you directly to the sales page for Nectar. And we are currently actively enrolling for our January 2023 cohort. And right now, if you step into the program in October, you will receive the most extended payment plan options and an incredible bonus retreat experience with me in November that's available to anyone who steps into Nectar until October 31st. So if it's calling you, please do check it out. And I would be so excited to journey with you in that portal.